not that long ago, and still in some cultures, women are or were 100% dependent on men for survival. So they had to be likable. We had to be likable. You had to either be likable to your father who would keep you in his home, or you had to be likable enough to a husband who would keep you in his home. Women had no resources. So if you think of yourself as a people pleaser, don't beat yourself up about it because this is in our DNA. This is how we survived as women throughout the centuries. Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes of success and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Is This Other Is episode number 51. I love it that we're on the downhill slope towards 100. We've made it to 50 episodes and now we're on the second batch of 50. Thanks so much for being here. I love being along this journey with all of you. And I can ask, if you have been enjoying this podcast, if you have found it valuable, please go into Apple iTunes, Apple. What's the word I'm looking for? My daughter made fun of me the other day because I called my phone an iPhone. I was like, where is my iPhone? She just laughed. She's 12. Anyway, whenever you listen to your podcasts and give me a review, that would be amazing. I want more people to be able to access this podcast and definitely send it to a friend if you have found any of the episodes helpful. If you haven't found them helpful, send me an email. Let me know what you'd like me to talk about. Or if you have found them helpful and you have a topic you'd like me to address, shoot me an email. I love hearing from all of you and it would be really fun for me to hear what you would like me to talk about. So anywhere you're feeling stuck, if something happened at work, at home, in your life that you're ruminating over and you would like me to address on the podcast, obviously I'll keep it confidential. Or any pattern you're noticing in your life where you're like, oh yeah, this thing keeps coming up. How do I handle this? I'd love to talk about it on the podcast. So send me an email. I believe my email is in the show notes. If it's not, it's amanda at amandaryanfear.com. Pretty easy. So let's get into the show. I am a little bit punchy today. We have had some crazy winter weather here in the Portland area. It got down to 12 degrees on Saturday. Which, for those of you who live locally, you know that 12 degrees is really cold for us. A lot of you that live in colder climates are probably laughing at me right now, but we are just not prepared for that kind of weather. Whenever it snows here, everything shuts down. In fact, we were anticipating this storm coming in on Friday afternoon, and most of the schools closed. Which is great, because if they don't, then it takes everyone six hours to get home, which is a story for another day. So uh, yeah, I it's it's interesting because I've been texting with friends who live in other parts of town, and a lot of them are like, "Yeah, I'm just hanging out by the fire with a good book." I'm like, "Wow, that sounds amazing." I have been outside taking care of horses since six a.m. Just kidding, I don't get up at six a.m. The horses get brunch on snow days, but when it's this cold and we don't have the technology the heaters and all of the things to keep our water troughs not frozen, 
Our water troughs froze solid pretty quickly. I couldn't keep up with breaking the ice off of them. So since Saturday, I've been hauling five-gallon buckets of water, warm water, from our laundry room out to the horses to make sure they continue drinking water. And I've been checking on everyone. And then, yeah, I'm tired. So I'm happy to be sitting here in my office and recording this podcast to you, for you, with you. And I'm super happy that we still have electricity and all of the things, because I know that a lot of families in our area have not been quite as fortunate. So happy to be chilling with all of you. Let's get to it. So I was coaching a client this past week because in addition to taking care of horses and trying to stay warm and entertaining my daughter who's been home from school, I have been trying to do some work. So I was coaching a client and she was feeling really stressed out because her boss kept or continues to give her work assignments to the point where my client feels like she can't do any of the work well because it just keeps coming. And it made me think of the I Love Lucy episode where Lucy and Ethel are working at the chocolate factory and they're on an assembly line and the chocolates just keep coming and coming and coming. That's kind of the image that I got when I was speaking with my client about this. But she doesn't work at a chocolate factory, so it's not nearly as fun. So anyway, we were talking about, you know, how do I say no in a way that's respectful, that my boss will understand, and basically that my boss will stop giving me all of this work so that I can focus on the projects that I have and get them done well. And I was like, how difficult it is to say no especially if you have been raised as female. Women, girls, are raised to be people pleasers. We're raised to, to not say no and to make other people happy, even at the expense of our own health and well-being. And I'll address that a little bit further later on in this podcast, but I want you to think about times that you wish you'd said no to things and you hadn't and how usually that breeds a feeling of resentment, either the person that asked or the task. And then it often circles back around and we beat ourselves up for not saying no. So if you have trouble saying no, or you wish that saying no was easier for you, you're in the right place. This is what we're going to talk about. So as I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about times in my life where either I have said no and it made an impact on me, or other people have said no to me and it made an impact. And I thought about a few months ago, some of you know, I think I've talked about it on the podcast, that I had my 30-year high school reunion last October, I believe it was. And a few months before the reunion, when I found out it was happening, I texted my best friend from high school. She lives pretty close. And I said, hey, I don't know if you've seen that this is happening. Do you want to go? And I didn't hear back from her for a couple of days, which was really interesting because usually she gets right back to me. And she texted me back and she said, you know, I spent some time checking in with myself and I really thought about this and I wanted to see if I actually wanted to go or if I didn't want to go. So I gave myself some time and I decided I just really don't want to go. And she thanked me for the offer and for thinking of her. And she told me to have fun. And I loved that response for several reasons. The first is I love that she took the time to really reflect on it rather than 
rather than giving me a knee-jerk answer. And I respect that she checked in with herself and decided, you know, this just isn't something that I want to do. Because how many times have we gotten that call or a text from a friend saying, hey, do you want to do this with me? And our knee-jerk reaction is to say, yeah, I'll do that with you. And the later on realize, I really don't want to do that. So I love that she took the time to figure out what she really wanted and needed. And that I also love that the answer was no. Like, I fully respect that. Would the reunion have been so much more fun with her? Yes. Do I completely respect and understand her wishes to not go? Yes. And this was a sign to me of my own maturity, too, because not that long ago, I probably would have tried to guilt trip her into going with me. I would have made a bunch of snarky comments. I would have tried to talk her into it. I probably just would have hassled her until she gave up and came with me. But that wouldn't have been fun. That would not have been fun for anybody involved. So we've all been there. The friend of a friend who wants to pick your brain about doing your taxes. Your roommate who invites you to come along to an awkward dinner party. A former colleague that has a really wonderful professional opportunity for you that doesn't actually involve being paid for it. And then you don't want to be rude. So you either say yes and you beat yourself up about it. Or you pretend that you didn't see their request and then you feel rude. Or you give them this super elaborate reason why you can't go or do the thing. And then you feel guilty for days or weeks afterward for saying no. So this is so challenging, right? Because the general wisdom for cutting down on feeling overwhelmed and burned out is to say no to more things. But it doesn't take into account how hard that is for a lot of women to say no without guilt. So this is for several reasons that we'll get into for a minute, but for now, I want you to repeat after me. So wherever you are, the car, the subway, saying no isn't selfish. Saying no doesn't make you a mean person. I'm allowed to say no. And I'm curious, how did each of those statements feel in your body when you said them? When you say the thought, saying no isn't selfish, or even when you think of it, I'm guessing you start to feel that clenchy, anxious feeling. Where does that even come from? So the first place it comes from is our childhood conditioning. So as children, we're raised to be obedient and compliant. Children are encouraged to say yes to a request from their parents and really anyone in authority. Imagine what would happen if when you were a young child and your parents told you to clean your room, you said, yeah, that doesn't really work with my schedule. Can you find someone else to do it? <laughs> I don't know about you, but my mom would have had some choice words for me. When kids are obedient, it's seen as good behavior and rewarded. And this gives them the message that saying no is bad. And no child wants to be seen as being bad or feel left out. As children, it's really inherently important for us to feel like we belong. So we learn to say yes to adults and authority figures' requests. The word no is seen as negative or unpleasant and something we want to avoid. This is even harder for girls because we're taught to put everyone else's needs and feelings first before our own. And we're taught that it's good to be helpful and to be good to not cause trouble. So being a good girl 
usually gets us pretty far in life until it doesn't, right? So being a good girl probably got you high marks in school and it got you the notes on your report card, a pleasure to have in class. And then you did really well in jobs because you were compliant and you never turned a project down. But that's all fine and good until it causes us to exhaust ourselves. And we don't know how to say no. And when saying no is something that could put us at risk, because it really feels dangerous to our brains when we make people That's a slippery slope because we can't actually, I was going to say, make other people unhappy, but we can't actually cause other people's emotions, which I'm sure I've addressed in a previous episode. I'll look for it and put it in the show notes for you. So let me say that more clearly. So if you were raised as a girl, for the most part, and again, this is no, like, nobody's parent actually sat them down and said, okay, you have to be good. And if somebody else needs something, you have to do it. And if somebody else is feeling sad, you have to comfort them. And you can't make other people feel sad. Nobody says that. It's just out in the ether. It's part of our conditioning is that we need to take care of everybody else. We need to make sure everybody else is happy. And so we're not taught that saying no is okay. We're not taught that it's okay to have boundaries. And It's okay if we set up, we set our boundaries and we say no to something and another person is unhappy with that. That is totally okay. It sucks. It doesn't feel good, but it's okay. So I love this quote from E.B. White. It's, I must decline for secret reasons. I just love that. I want to put that on everything when somebody asks me to do something. I must decline for secret reasons. So, so far, we've talked a little bit about why it's so hard to say no. We've talked about how our inability to say no creates more of our overwhelm and creates burnout. So what are some ways that you can start saying no to stuff that you don't want to do? Take a deep breath, friends. This is game changing. There is no magical time where saying no feels good. Actually, I'll take that back. It probably is a magical time where saying no feels good. But it'll be a long time before we all get there. That's because for decades, I almost said for centuries, but I haven't been alive for centuries. It just feels like it right now. For decades, you have been believing that in order to be liked, in order to feel safe, in order to be part of the group, you have to say yes to things. So really, that's our brains see that as survival. Our brains, basically, they're very basic. Our brains are like, we have to say yes to things to survive. So of course, it's going to feel scary to say no to stuff, right? You're developing a new muscle. I say this all the time. Whenever we're practicing a new skill, you're going to be sore. It's going to feel uncomfortable at first. When you start saying no, you're going to worry that everyone's going to hate you. You're going to worry that your boss thinks that you're incompetent. You're going to worry that your sister thinks that you don't love her anymore if you don't help her move for the 40th time. That's okay. So much of life is feeling uncomfortable and doing the thing anyway. We tend to think that if we're supposed to do something, it should feel easy. 
right? Like if I'm supposed to tell my boss I can't do this extra project, that should feel easy. I should just be able to say I can't do this extra project. I don't have time. No, if you have been saying yes to things you don't want to do for decades, you're not going to be able to automatically flip a switch and say no. So the first thing I want you to know in this new embracing of the word no, it's just like you're a toddler, right? I want you to say no to everything. But really, embracing saying no, know that it's going to feel uncomfortable. So really, that's the first step is understand it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel like danger zone stuff. It's okay. You can still say no anyway. So same thing if you were starting a new exercise program. You wouldn't start with like 200-pound weights and do a lot of reps. You would start with smaller weights. You would start with bite-sized things. So same thing with learning to say no. Say no to things that seem inconsequential. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with some examples, but my, my tired brain isn't coming up with examples. What's coming to mind is like if a friend asks you out for ice cream, say no. Oh, never to say no to ice cream. Oh, my brain. Think of it as lower stakes opportunities come up because people ask you to do things that are lower stakes. If you don't want to do it, practice saying no. So I know that a lot of women are afraid of being seen as being rude if we don't say yes to everything. So here's what I want you to, to know about that is you can say no in not a rude way. You don't have to go into this really elaborate story of why you can't do a thing. In fact, that's almost worse because not only are you not doing the thing someone wants you to do, but also you're giving them this really long elaborate story that they don't need to hear. It's okay to just say, no, I don't have the bandwidth for that. Or no, I'm not available for that. Like I said before, it will feel really crummy, but it's totally okay to say no. Thinking about more lower stakes things, like if you have kids, there's stuff that comes up at school to help out with all the time. And when my daughter was in grade school, I really wanted to be in the school. I volunteered in our art class on Wednesdays. I volunteered for Girls on the Run team. I did a lot of things, but as she has aged, I don't want to be at her school as much. She doesn't want me there. I don't want to be there as much. For those of you who don't know, my background is teaching and educational administration. So I really want to hang out at school activities. I was a high school activities director for a while too. So I don't want to go to dances. I don't want to do things like that. That's not fun for me. Those are easy no's. So when other parents reach out and say, hey, can you help out with this? No, sorry, don't have the bandwidth. Or now what I'm going to say is I must decline for secret reasons. Thank you, A.B. White. That's an easy no. Harder no's are where you're worried about what the other person is going to think about you. But that is a topic in and of itself. Again, for survival reasons, worrying what other people think about us is pretty fundamental to the female brain. Because not that long ago, and still in some cultures, women are or were 100% dependent on men for survival. So they had to be likable. We had to be likable. You had to either be likable to your father who would keep you in his home, or you had to be likable enough to a husband who would keep you in his home. Women had no resources. And so we have this fundamental, like, 
it's in our DNA to want to be liked and to be pleasing. And so if you think of yourself as a people pleaser, don't beat yourself up about it because this is in our DNA. This is how we survived as women throughout the centuries. So it's not that easy to just not worry about what other people think about us and to say no to stuff. This is what I mean. So and it's interesting how they kind of fold in on each other, right? Because as I was saying, one of the reasons it's hard to say no to things is we're worried what other people are going to think. Like my client with her boss giving her all the work, she was afraid to say no because she thought her boss would think she couldn't handle it. Well, the irony was she can't handle it. She can't do a really good job with the sheer amount of work that's coming her way. And so be really on to yourself of what are you worrying about? What other people are going to think about you? And Possibly do you have some unrealistic expectations for yourself for what you can and can't do? Okay, so circling back, I am going to put you on a saying no plan. Actually, let's call it a saying yes detox. It's January. People love detoxes in January. I'm putting you on a saying yes detox. So for the rest of the month, it's mid-month when I'm recording this. It'll actually be like one week till the month is over when this comes out. So. You don't have to do this for very long, but I want you to slow time down when everybody, when everybody, when anybody asks you to do something. That's easy, right? We can all slow time down. But you know what I mean. I want you, the next time someone asks you to do something, become hyper aware of what happens in your brain and in your body. So let's imagine that your boss says, I need you to go. I don't know what your boss would ask you to do. I need you to work over the weekend to do the TPS report for those of you office space fans. And you think, or immediately you get that kind of seizing up feeling of anxiety because you already have plans for the weekend. You are going to go out of town with your family and you are not bringing your laptop so you can't work on the TPS report. And you feel this sense of of anxiety. Actually, let's ditch the example of the TPS report because that's going to feel too high stakes for a lot of you. So let's imagine that your kid is playing soccer and the soccer coach asks you to pick up snacks for the next day because the other mom who does snacks is sick. Well, you don't have time to pick up snacks. And so you are going to say no. I want you to slow it down and witness the feeling that you have in your body. You probably start to feel that clenchy, anxious feeling. And in order to get away from that clenchy, anxious feeling, a lot of us just say yes, because we don't want to feel that clenchy, anxious feeling. And the quickest way to escape it is to say yes. Well, then we get another crummy feeling. We feel disappointed in ourselves or we feel resentment. So anyway, as you're slowing it down, Feel the clenchy, anxious feeling when you're asked to bring snacks. And then ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? Because you might actually not be thinking anything. You might not be thinking, I need to do this because, you know, I want the coach to like me. I want to feel like I'm a good mom. That's a big, big one for a lot of us, right? You may not be aware of your thoughts, but if you're able to pull any thoughts out, ask yourself, what am I thinking? Take a moment to breathe, and all of this is happening in a split second, right? Is the coach is waiting for your response. And 
say no. Or if you're not ready, if that feels like too big of a leap, which I know for a lot of you it is, and that's totally okay, you could say, you know, I need to check my calendar and make sure I'm not in a meeting then or make sure I have time to do it. I'll let you know in an hour. I'll text you. You can always buy yourself time, my friends. What I want to do is separate out that knee-jerk reaction from when somebody asks you to do something and your immediate yes. Because that's where all of your power is. And I forgot a step. You should also ask yourself, do I want to do this? Maybe you want to bring snacks, but let's assume you don't. So the person has to do the thing. You slow it down. You feel how it feels in your body. Do I want to do this thing? If the answer is yes, great. Just say yes. But not to escape the feeling of anxiety, but because you actually want to do the thing. You actually want to go to Costco and get a million mini oranges for your kid's soccer team. And then if you don't want to do the thing, you can buy yourself time. You can say, have to check my schedule. Thanks for asking. Let me get back to you in a couple of hours. Or if you're feeling brave, you can just say, you know, I'm not able to do that. Why don't we go ask Deborah or whomever else? Okay. And then you could forward this episode of the podcast to Deborah so that next time she can say no. <laughs> all right, friends. That's about all I've got in the tank for today. And it's time for me to go bring more water to horses. I hope wherever you are, you are warm, but not too warm. I got a text from a friend of mine who lives in Australia that it was 115 degrees Fahrenheit where she is. So too cold is no fun. Too hot is no fun. I hope wherever you are, you're having fun. And again, here's the thing. You're going on a saying yes detox. So anytime someone asks you to do something, slow it down. Notice how you're feeling. Ask yourself, do I actually want to do this thing? Buy yourself time if you need to. And then say no. You can always use E.B. White's I Must Decline for Secret Reasons. All right, friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please send it to a friend. Give me a review on Apple Podcasts and send me a note. Um, let me know what you'd like me to talk about. Let me know what's going on in your life and what would be helpful for me to address. I'll see you in a couple weeks. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-Y-A-N. F-E-A-R.com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and learn more about working with me.